Welcome to Agriculture's Top Hands Podcast. In this podcast, I will interview the leaders of the agriculture industry, ranging from 4-H and FFA members, farmers, ranchers, agribusiness people, and government officials about why they believe in the future of agriculture. So join me, host, Bailey Habaker, in talking to the top hands of the agriculture industry. Welcome to the first episode with a guest. I'm so excited for uh, the first one. So I would like to welcome Miss Sarah Nurswick. I met her a couple years ago when I was my first year of teaching. She started a group. I think it was called, was it uh, Green and Growing? Yep. And uh, we met once a month just kind of to discuss uh, how we could better our classroom just to kind of get a group of egg teachers from across the nation together. And she is kind of the one that uh, I listened to her podcast when it first started and um, using the same platform as her. And she kind of gave me the encouragement to start going. So I knew I wanted her as her first guest. So welcome, Sarah. Um, could you tell me just a little bit about yourself? Of course I will. And I'd just like to point out that the Green and Growing Mastermind was before Germinate even began, like when was that? Twenty early twenty nineteen, like January. I think it was even twenty eighteen. Yeah, you like signed up. Mm. Yep. It's, it's been a long time. Well, <laughs> hey everybody, um, my name is Sarah Nurswick, and I am an agriculture teacher um, outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, this is my ninth year teaching, and I've taught in um, North Carolina and Georgia. Um, that's me. I went to the University of Georgia, got a degree in ag education, got a master's in ag education and leadership. And here I am nine years later. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> um, so Sarah, both you and I are egg teachers. What kind of had you decide to go down that path for egg education? Did you grow up in agriculture? Um, just kind of found a liking to it. What's kind of your, that part of your story? I would like to call myself an anomaly because I did not grow up in ag. I did not know what FFA was until I changed my major to ag education. <laughs> Such a weird story. Um, I grew up in 4-H, but I was in the suburbs of Baltimore and DC and Maryland where I grew up and we did like demonstrations and public speaking, which was amazing for me. And I wanted to be a vet just like I feel like 99% of people at some time. So when I decided to go to the University of Georgia, I was on the animal science path and which put me in the College of Ag. And somehow I just knew that it was not for me my freshman year. And I was like looking through all the majors trying to be like, oh no, what do I do? And ag education just popped out to me. And I was like, well, that sounds fun. Like, I guess I could teach. I had no instincts of being a teacher prior to like sitting in this class, looking at this thing, which is so weird because I can't imagine doing anything else. Um, you know, like teaching and coaching people. And I changed my major that day. Like I was, I think it was October of my freshman year. <laughs> Bailey, this is so funny because you, you grew up in ag. So you understand this or like ag education, you were FFA kid. I was in, I think my sophomore year and I was in an FFA class. I don't know if most ag teachers have to take an FFA class. And they're like, okay, we're going to talk about the creek. Can somebody say it? And I'm like, 
looking around like, what are they talking about? And this girl stands up. She's an amazing ag teacher. And I look up to her a lot. She stood up and she just belted out the creed. And I'm like, I, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. I don't know. I do not fit in. Like, this is not for me. But the teaching and ag education is so special. I think any ag teacher could teach anything, if we're being honest. But it's, I think you really love it because of how practical it is. Um, I was with a group of adult women last night teaching them about beef cattle and dairy cattle. And we were, we were talking about a lot of things that I teach my students. And they're like, how do you know all this? And I was like, because it's practical. Like, it's, it's something that you should know. And you're like, wait, there's different types of cows. There's only one type of beef cow. I'm like, no, like, you know, breeds of dogs, right? There's a German shepherd. It was so fun to just talk to them. And we get to do that every day and get to use their hands. And I'm just really thankful that I stumbled upon it a long time ago. <laughs> that's kind of funny because that's what I did too actually. When I was in seventh grade I wanted to be an ag teacher and then I told my ag teachers like I'm going to be just like you and I helped out in a classroom my freshman year of college and I was terrified. I was like was this me in high school because I'm out and so that fall semester I went to my advisor and I'm like yeah I'm, I'm out. I'm not going to deal with children. So I did go out and then luckily what an egg teacher from a uh, school, not far from uh, the college had me come and help coach her meets judging team. And then she called me after and she's like, you have to teach. And I was like crying. I'm like, I'm a junior in college. I can't switch my major now. So I decided to get both egg econ and egg education. Oh. It's kind of fun how like you weren't expecting egg ed either. <laughs> um. <laughs> You said you were in 4-H. Were you in any other agriculturally related uh, or not even agriculturally related organizations and clubs? No, no. I was a big sports girl growing up. Played soccer like all like five years old through varsity soccer freshman year. I played lacrosse. I danced. I was like the athlete involved in everything. But we just didn't have ag. It wasn't an option. They just started a program in my county, I think two years ago, which is awesome. Yeah. Back in Maryland, but it just wasn't an option at, at all. And I didn't really realize that we didn't, CTE wasn't big in our school for some reason. It's getting bigger now, which is weird because I feel like other schools who've had really big, it's like, I don't know, the scales. So they realize that CTE is so important, but there was only like one CTE class growing up and it wasn't really pushed on us where I'm in a school where we have nine different CTE programs and they're like the best of the best like national winner here and a state officer here and this I mean everyone is incredibly successful and the majority of our school population we have 2100 kids in our school the majority are in a crew tech class which is wow. pretty cool that is really cool so now when you're teaching and coaching do you find it tough or I guess we all have experiences with kids. I mean, some of my best FFA kids are in sports. Do you find it harder now since you didn't have to, I mean, I juggled it all through high school because we had to be in everything, but is it's pretty tough now or how do you kind of juggle those things with the kids? Well, when I say coaching, I don't mean sports. <laughs> yeah. I just mean like, you know, yep. you know, that, that, that aspect of CDEs and, and SA, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of coaching. Yep. Um, it's, it's difficult 
I feel like the, the most difficult thing is encouraging kids to like follow their passion. Mm-hmm. For example, I have a kid who um, she's doing tennis this semester mm-hmm. and, you know, we're, we're getting prepared for a state competition and she's like, I can't do afternoon practices. And I'm like, you know what? Tennis is so good for you. I, and I understand the why sports are so awesome for people and, and developing them. I mean, that's a big part of who I am today. So we just switched up the schedule. Like there are times that you're going to, as an ag teacher, that you're going to have to be like, okay, if we want you to be a part of this, we're going to, we're going to have to make some arrangements for us to figure that out. It's been hard this year with pandemic teaching and we're very virtual and then not virtual. And then, you know, we're up and down and up and down. So it's hard to go day by day of what is happening, but we found that we can do just as quality, um, career development practices on on video calls because I have kids on CDE teams who I've never met in person before that's I've never seen their face other than online which is crazy but I've had our students those those new students have done things that our chapter has never done in six years wow like making it to certain levels and certain CDEs I don't know what it is you know I heard on a, a podcast I think virtual can be as good or as bad as you make it and I'd agree and that is so so true I mean there are definitely some virtual meetings that I'm like asleep at or I turn off my camera and I'm like I'm not here for this and there are some that like I couldn't get more like I would do it every single day with those people if I could because it is so enriching and cup filling and so hopefully I can make that kind of experience for my kiddos as well. well and I experienced that last spring. We've been in person all year, but last spring, just some of my students, I would say, especially in egg and CTE classes, they are the kids that just want to get it done, get their work done, move on. And so I have found some success where it's almost better for some of these students because they can just come in, get their work done, and then they can go work on the farm or they can go to their job or get that. They're more go-getters. And when they're in the classroom, they may not need the full 50 minutes, but then you have some that you do and you check in on them, but it's been kind of cool. I would say through this experience, there is some good coming out of it where we can see the difference in our students and what they need, I would say, which is kind of cool yeah, to for see. Sure. Um, yeah, I would agree. <laughs> did your family, so your family wasn't an egg at all, or what got you into 4-H? Yeah, uh, my grandparents owned a farm. And fun fact, my grandfather was an ag teacher in Minnesota for which I didn't know until after he passed, which sounds weird, but he was already retired by the time I was like, hey, what do you do, grandpa? Um, And again, I had no connection with it because I didn't want to be an ag teacher. I didn't even know what an ag teacher is. So even if I knew like, I didn't really know. Um, so they grew up, uh, they were in in Minnesota. My mom grew up in, for, I think, until she was in higher elementary school, like fourth, fifth grade, they lived on a farm. They, you know, had chickens and hogs and those kind of things. So I say it's in my blood. I just didn't know until it, like, came out of me. Um, I like to call myself the black sheep of my family because everyone else is military including my husband and my sisters and their husbands and my dad, my mom, my stepdad, my step, like legit everyone. Um, and I'm like, I'm an ag teacher. 
but then I'm like, I'm actually not the black sheep. All of you are. And I'm just getting back to our roots. I like that. I like that. <laughs> well, that's pretty exciting. Have you ever, do you know where at in Minnesota or like, have you ever gotten to go there and see it or anything? So no, I have his, um, I, I did a little research. Uh, I have an article. I, I'd have to look it up on my phone, but he was located in the Mankato area. Okay. And he taught for a few years as an ag teacher, like FFA advisor. I have a, a picture of um, some cutouts of his team, like winning things. And then he went to the, the tech school and taught okay. his career at the tech school. But I have a certificate in my classroom from the Minnesota Vocational Ag Teachers Association or whatever it was. And it said he did 32 years of service in ag wow. education. <laughs> Just blows my mind. Cause I'm like, that's a long time. That is a long time. <laughs> that's a long time, but it's pretty cool. That is really cool. Um, especially like you're in Georgia. Well, I suppose you have, you, you've traveled kind of everywhere. <laughs> it sounds like. <laughs> I've, I've only taught, I mean, I grew up in Maryland Yep. and I taught in Georgia and North Carolina. So not oh, so many things. You've only taught in two States. <laughs> yeah. I've only taught for three years and I have stayed in the same FFA district the whole time and I've actually never left it I student taught there that's where I competed as a high schooler so you could say I don't get out much I guess (laughs) (laughs) but my fun fact is I lived two miles from Canada growing up so I was pretty much in another country (laughs) what yeah in North Dakota yeah two miles when I was in elementary school, I knew if school was canceled, if we couldn't see Canada because of fog or any weather. <laughs> that blows my mind, Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of my like fun fact for people. And I have, uh, my dad has 16 siblings and my mom has five. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of children. Yeah, it's really those are my only two fun facts about myself. So I always have to use them. <laughs> mm, those are good ones. Yeah. Thanks. Good for two <laughs> truths and a lie. Yeah. Cause then I can <laughs> come up with something. <laughs> Nobody believes my truth. Um, <laughs> do you have any advice for younger people in agriculture um, that are, they may not come from the agriculture field, but they may have taken one of our classes and they really want to get mm-hmm. to get more involved, but they feel like every kid that comes from the farm are those that excel in egg. What do you have to tell them? I would say that's just not true because, you know, it's like 20% of the American population works in agriculture in some way, shape or form. And obviously we know that less than 2% of those are on the farm like production agriculturalists. And what you, what I teach my students or I try is like, what lights you on fire is what you should do. So if you have the passion for agriculture um, and then if you can pair it with your strengths, um, you know, you're super creative when it comes to words you're a really great film editor, you know, you could be in communications or marketing for a farm. It doesn't have to be, oh, it's only farmers and veterinarians. And that's what I feel like a lot of our students believe, or a lot of people believe. It's like, it's just the farmers and it's just veterinarians. Like, no, there's financiers and there's 
lawyers and there's, you know, people who work for power companies. I mean, there's so many jobs in the ag industry that they just need to get past that. Like, who am I? What am I passionate about? If ag's it, great. If it's not, great. You know, you follow your passion and then figure out how you can stay in your genius zone. So let me give you an example. Um, one of my genius zones, um, and I took a test on this, so I'm not just like, I'm really cool. Uh, I took a test on your genius zone and it's like ideas. I can't even say it. Like I'm really good at coming up with random ideas. So being a teacher is so in my genius zone because I have to lesson plan. I have to come up with ideas. I have to, as I age as a teacher, like the things I did my first year, I 100% don't do anymore. I didn't even have a projector in my room nine years ago. And now I'm literally teaching on my computer at my house. So, you know, being able to, to uh, think differently is so good for a teacher. Um, and then there's, there's other things, you know, that if you're really analytical and you're really great with data, like how cool would that be? You could work right with a farmer and, you know, so you need to stay in your genius zone because all those other things are things that are going to drain you so much. Um, and you don't want to be in a job where you go home drained. You know, you're going to be drained a little bit, but you need something that's pouring into you. And, you know, when I go in my classroom and or my computer and I'm able to engage with kids and hear what's going on in their lives and, and that like that fills me up. So when I go home or walk out of my bedroom <laughs> when I'm teaching, I'm not like, oh, and then I have nothing left to give my family. Or nothing left to give myself because taking care of yourself is just as important as taking care of your family. So finding what you love and where's that like special sauce that you have and figuring out where you can put that into your job because you're just going to enjoy your job more. Um, and you spend a lot of your waking hours at your job for years and years. So being able to feel like your cup's getting filled and not depleted the entire time is what you need to do. I love that. Like everybody needs to write that down because that was gold. <laughs> I had a kid <laughs> one last or my first year of teaching, he loved drones, but he's like, yeah, I got to figure out, I want to be an engineer and I'm going to go down this path and da, da, da. Like you love drones. Like you can use those so often in farming and talk to farmers and all of that. And so now I think he lasted a semester in the engineering program and now he's found out a way that he can kind of merge the two and he is loving it. So I love kind of seeing that light bulb too, because maybe you do want to be something that you don't think directly involves agriculture, but you still want to be a part of it. You can totally tie that back into our industry, which is something I think is cool. And I kind of love about it that we have such a diverse population of people within. For sure. Um, well, that's about all that I have for you. Is there anything that you want to add or uh, how can people kind of follow you on social media or contact you and have any questions about egg education or Georgia? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, you can find me most time over on Instagram and it's at Sarah Nurswick. Um, and if you are an ag teacher, I would love to personally invite you um, to Green and Growing Virtual Coffee, 
we have a virtual coffee, which is a Zoom call every first Monday of the month at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which would, are you central time? Yep, so 7 our time. So 7 p.m. Um, Bailey's time. <laughs> and what happens at those is we get ag teachers from across the nation together in the same virtual room, and we're able to share ideas and gain inspiration and learn from a specialist teacher in a certain area. So if you're listening to this in January, our next one's in February, and we're going to be learning about critical conversations which can help you be more confident when you're talking to your administrators or you're talking to politicians or you're talking to anything like that. And it is going to be golden. Um, so you can find out more about that by going to our, us on Instagram as well. It's green and growing edu. Um, and we just love loving on ag teachers and, and learning from them. I mean, man, learning from ag, other ag teachers, you're like, how did you think of that? You know, you're like, how did I not think of that? It's so and then simple. you're able to implement it in your classroom. And you're like, man, they just changed the game for me. And that, that's what we want to do is we want to help ag teachers. I just like picture them this year, the, the ones who are consistent and they're in the green and growing community. They go to germinate. They, they go to virtual coffees. They do all that. When they sign their contracts this year, they're going to be confident. And they're going to be like, yeah, this year was different, but I'm ready to tackle 2021. Um, that's what I want for, for all of our green and growing people to, to feel confident that teaching is for them and they're supported, um, in their decision. And we just, we just want all the ag teachers to feel loved. So come on a virtual coffee. It's coming up soon. I think it's February 1st. I'm yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Cause I think, yeah, the first is a Monday this Perfect. Next month. Yeah. And so I have joined a couple of the virtual coffees and it has been so fun. So I highly recommend it as well. So I just want to thank Sarah. Thank you for being on and being my first guest. And we'll see you on the next episode. Yay, bye. <laughs>